Rome once fell, and all great civilizations do. Is America falling? Could we be doing more? Some say it's because we have stopped focusing on learning and understanding what it means to be a good citizen. That's what this podcast is all about. If civics is dead, what happens next? Welcome to Civics is Dead. I'm Cindy Schwartz. Today's podcast continues where our first podcast left off, identifying the problem. American students and ultimately American adults simply don't know the basic fundamentals of American history and government. They are not proficient and consequently are quite weak in identifying and explaining how our democracy works. That doesn't bode well for the future of democracy in America. Future shows will address why this is happening and how we can ultimately correct it. But today, the plot thickens. We continue to dive into the problem with some additionally illuminating and somewhat jarring information. Now again, our hope is to actually be uplifting as a show and to offer a path to historical proficiency for all Americans, especially students. It may not appear that way at first, but we certainly can't fix a problem when we truly don't know what the problem is at its core. So let's take that dive back in to look at the problem. Very recently, the Woodrow Wilson National Fellowship Foundation, which is stationed in Princeton, New Jersey, had a survey. And this was done in October 2018. And they recently released this. And it was a national survey on civics. And essentially what they did was that they gave this citizenship test that the United States gives to those who are potential citizens in our country. They gave it to a sampling of a thousand Americans. Let me give you some of these results. Just one in three Americans would pass the U.S. citizenship test that is given to immigrants. So when this fellowship foundation at Princeton gave these questions that would be given to potential citizens, immigrants who had come to our country and want to be citizens, when they gave it to 1,000 Americans, we had only a 36% passing rate of people who are already Americans taking this exam. The passing score is 60%. So we only had one in three Americans who could pass it. Only 13% of those surveyed knew when the U.S. Constitution was actually ratified. Now, to answer that question, you would have to know what the word ratified means. And the word ratified means approved. So only 13% of those who were surveyed knew when the United States Constitution was ratified. So by 1788... All of the states had ratified the Constitution, and our government actually began operating in March of 1789. Interestingly enough, most people thought the Constitution was ratified in 1776, when we declared independence from Great Britain. More than one half of the survey respondents, 60%, didn't know which countries the U.S. fought in World War II. 57% didn't know the number of justices on the Supreme Court. There are nine. Arthur Levine, Woodrow Wilson Foundation president, said after this survey, and I quote, unfortunately, this study found the average American to be woefully uninformed regarding America's history and incapable of passing the U.S. citizenship test. He went on to further say, and I quote again, it would be an error 
to view these findings as merely an embarrassment. Knowledge of the history of our country is fundamental to maintaining a democratic society, which is imperiled today. He ended with, Americans need to understand the past in order to make sense of a chaotic present. You're listening to a podcast from LIU Studios. If you like what you're hearing, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to this show on your podcast app of choice. For more of our programs or to support LIU Studios, visit wcwp.org. Who conducted this actual survey? Lincoln Park Strategies, a nationally recognized, full-service analytic research firm that has clients, profit and nonprofit all over the world, conducted this survey. As I said, they sampled 1,000 American citizens, and the poll apparently has a margin of error of plus three. Let's talk about a couple of more survey results. And as we said, these are illuminating and somewhat jarring. 72% of the respondents either incorrectly identified or were unsure of which states were part of the original 13 colonies. So let's make sure we know them. Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, New Hampshire, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Maryland, Delaware. There was no Florida with the original 13 colonies, but that's something that we want to make sure our students, and ultimately as they grow up and become adults, know that's the basis of our foundation. In this survey as well, only 24% of those who responded could correctly identify one thing, just one thing, Ben Franklin was famous for. 37% believed he invented the light bulb, which we know was Thomas Edison. Now, he is famous. Ben Franklin, for being a diplomat, for certainly being at the Constitutional Convention, for being part of the Declaration of Independence. He was an inventor, and he did work with electricity, but he did not invent the light bulb. But apparently 37% of those 1,000 who were surveyed thought that he invented the light bulb. That's critical. A couple of more survey results. Only 24% knew the correct answer as to why the colonists fought the British. Now, when we're in school, if it's taught like the story it should be, we should remember that as colonists, we were desperately upset that there was taxation without representation in Parliament. We had established some of our own democratic institutions here in terms of local town halls and town meetings. We had certain documents in Rhode Island and Connecticut that had fundamental beliefs about democracy and participation. We had the Magna Carta from English history that said one certainly cannot tax without the consent of parliament, meaning that one person, meaning the king, cannot do that. We have this background in our history. We know that there was a quartering act that claimed at the time that the colonists were supposed to keep British troops in their homes without the colonists' approval. We know that there was something called a Proclamation Act of 1763 that said colonists could not live beyond west of this line, and that really limited the mobility of American colonists when they had moved wherever they had wanted prior to this. 
So there are reasons why the colonists fought the British, mostly because they felt that they didn't have the representation in Parliament that they should have had as members of the British populace. But interestingly enough, only 24% of those who were surveyed knew why the colonists fought the British. That is alarming. 12% incorrectly thought World War II General Eisenhower led troops in the Civil War. Now we know General Dwight D. Eisenhower, going to be a president later on, he is the commanding general of the Allied troops in World War II. Most knew the cause of the Cold War, but a small portion thought that it was due to climate change. That's a little frightening as well to hear. But interestingly enough in this survey, when it was all said and done, most of those who were surveyed said U.S. history was an appealing subject when they were in school. They actually really liked it. And 40% said it was their favorite subject. Now that's interesting. We may like the subject, but we don't seem to know it very well. My name is Robert. I moderate a program that I like to think is inquisitive, unusual, provocative, informative. It's called Seldom Said. It's a place where things are spoken of and discussed. They're usually not given a wide audience, yet things that are important, things that affect our lives. It's a world in flux. Be ahead of the curve. Be with us on Seldom Said. Visit wcwp.org slash seldom said to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcast app of choice. There was a huge age discrepancy on the exam results, and that's not surprising to us, is it? Those 65 and older scored best, with 74% answering at least six of 10 questions correctly. So now let me backtrack for a moment and explain to you what I mean by six out of 10 questions correctly. We want to talk about what the U.S. citizenship exam actually is. When you take the U.S. citizenship exam, You are given 10 questions by an interviewer from the United States government. Now, these 10 questions are taken from a group of 100 questions that they could ask you, but they will ask you only 10, and you need to get six out of those 10 correct to pass your citizenship exam on American history. But again, these questions are coming from a kind of reservoir of 100 questions. So therefore, you have to get six out of 10 right when they ask you this. In addition, as we'll talk more, we will hear that there is an interview process that goes on as well. I hereby declare on oath that I absolutely and entirely renounce and abjure all allegiance and fidelity to any foreign prince, potentate, state, or sovereignty of whom or which I have heretofore been a subject or citizen. That I will support and defend the Constitution and laws of the United States of America against all enemies, foreign and domestic. That I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same. That I will bear arms on behalf of the United States when required by the law. That I will perform non-combatant service in the armed forces of the United States when required by the law. That I will perform work of national importance under civilian direction when required by the law. And that I take this obligation freely without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion. So So help help me God. God. So let's go back to the age discrepancy on these exam results. Those 65 and older scored best. 
So who did best on answering questions about American history? Those people who were 65 and older, with 74% of those people answering at least six out of 10 questions correctly. Those under 45, and this is, again, illuminating, jarring, and quite shocking. Those under 45 years old, only 19% passed the citizenship exam, and that is quite horrifying to us. So if only 19% of those under 45 pass this citizenship test that we will ultimately be giving to immigrants, that means 81% scored 59% or lower. Wow. So 81% scored below passing. And I say to myself, if people are claiming that they enjoyed history class in school, why don't they know more? Why can't they answer these questions on the citizenship exam? We must take a look at the test itself. Remember, we're building a story here on our podcast. We're building a story by talking about the problem, and then eventually we'll dive into the why it's a problem, and then we're going to look at solutions, and we will unravel so many that can help eradicate this problem. We don't simply welcome new immigrants. We don't simply welcome new arrivals. We are born of immigrants. That is who we are. Immigration is our origin story. And for more than two centuries, it's remained at the core of our national character. It's our oldest tradition. It's who we are. It's part of what makes us exceptional. After all, unless your family is Native American, one of the first Americans, our families, all of our families come from someplace else. The first refugees were the pilgrims themselves, fleeing religious persecution, crossing the stormy Atlantic to reach a new world where they might live and pray freely. How quickly we forget. One generation passes, two generations passes, and suddenly we don't remember where we came from. We can never say it often or loudly enough. Immigrants and refugees revitalize and renew America. So wonderful to hear President Barack Obama say the wonderful attributes that immigrants afford our country and that we are a nation of immigrants from day one. Unless, of course, like he said, you are a native-born American. We're all from other countries. And that really brings us to the end of our podcast today because we have been talking about the importance of history education. We are concerned about the lack of civics that's being taught in our schools. And we are concerned about the fact that six out of 10 Americans essentially don't have the wherewithal to pass the citizenship exam that we give to foreigners who want to be American citizens. So we need to explore the reasons why. One final thing, on a recent Jimmy Kimmel show, when he had a guest, Emily Blunt on, British Emily Blunt, he said that in terms of the citizenship exam, which she had taken and was speaking about, and she had just become recently an American citizen, he said that he felt there were three questions that absolutely should be on the United States citizenship exam. He said the first question, really should be, what is the giant refillable soda at 7-Eleven called? 
a big gulp. He said, that should be there. He said, the second question should be, what does DQ stand for, for Dairy Queen? And his third question, he said, really should be on this exam. What does MLB stand for? So we know Major League Baseball. And he said that to him is what a real American is, who knows the answers to those three questions. But as we said, it is a serious, serious issue. And we are concerned when Americans don't know their history the way they should if we want to continue as a successful, enlightened democracy. Next time, we will tackle the issue of why schools aren't devoting more classroom time to teaching history and civics in the classroom. Ever heard of STEM? Thank you so much for listening. Please be sure to subscribe to Civics is Dead on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcast app of choice, or visit wcwp.org slash civicsisdead. I wish you a beautiful day and great peace in your life.